Hello, everyone. Welcome to Speak Brave Podcast. This is your host, Mark Guy. I love that you are here and listening to me. I hope your day is going fantastic. I'm sending you all the great love and appreciation wherever you are in your life. Today, I have a special guest in the studio, Ricardo Rivera. That's right. You said it correctly. Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, Ricardo, welcome. Welcome to the studio. I'm so happy you were able to come and share a piece of your journey with us on Speak Brave Podcast. Ricardo, so can you just tell us who you are and what do you have going on in your life? Sure. Thank you for having me. It's a, really an honor mm -hmm. to be here. Uh, who am I? I'm, <laughs> I'm a father of two daughters. I'm a husband. Uh, my wife and I have been married, we'll be 25 years uh, this March. Um, she's my high school sweetheart. I've only dated one one woman, young lady. Uh, I'm a business owner. I have a small business here in town uh, by the name of Dynamic Security. Uh, actually, the full name is Dynamic Security of Florida. Uh, we consult, design, and build physical security systems, so access control, key card access, Surveillance systems, intrusion, and fire detection. So, the, now that we know a little bit about, so you're a business owner. Yes, sir. An entrepreneur, right? Yes, so sir. Let me ask you, how did you get started? Like, what brought you to this line of work? Do you mind talking about it? Yeah. No, excuse me. I don't mind talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I actually love what I do. A lot of people, yeah. I, I look forward to Monday morning. Yes. Monday morning is a great time because it, it presents so many opportunities uh, to get the week going. So actually Sunday night, I'm actually preparing mm -hmm. for Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, I fell into the line of work, quite honestly. I was a stockbroker many years ago. Really? You were a stockbroker? Yeah. In the 90s, I was, I was uh, down on Wall Street. And um, in 1998, a friend and I got together and we started a small business, which originally was a technical school in Jersey City, New Jersey. Um, we ran that part-time, and it just grew. And in 2011, unfortunately, two towers went down, and we decided, or I decided, I no longer wanted to be uh, working down there. It's just, it wasn't fulfilling. Um, and I think it just, it was like a check that happened in my spirit that said there's more than going to work every day on Wall Street. So uh, I went full-time with the business, mm -hmm. and it evolved over time to what it is now. Okay. So... You went into a very competitive field, right? Yeah. It's like a very competitive. It's like a lot of, a lot of you know, like, eh, it's hard to get into too, right? Yeah. So the barriers to entry are quite high depending upon your geographic location in the country. Yeah. So uh, somewhere like New York or New Jersey, where I originally started, is very high. You get unions, yeah. the locals, which don't want you yeah. in there doing work. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot of big companies that do this type of work as well. And so they're trying to push you out and keep you down, even to this day. I mean, as successful, I think, as we've become in our small little footprint, mm -hmm. we get it quite a lot from the big boys. Um, they try to hammer us down. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, what I found very interesting? You said it's the reality. It's, 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 I don't have the data uh, to, to quote right now. People don't like go to work on Mondays. Like, oh, man, it's Monday. I wish it was Sunday. What what is the things that help you not to feel that? What is the I mean what what like when you peel back the layers and like really go deep into your thinking, what what makes you different? 
I think that part of my business is always creating because we consult and we design. And so it's always something new. It's not mundane at all, uh, especially since this is not a pitch for my company, but we don't sell cookie cutter systems. So I could sell something to a guy in North Lakeland mm-hmm. and in Central Lakeland, same size company may be a completely different system because the needs are different. So for me, uh, there is a sort of creative process that happens, although please never mistake me for a creative. I'm not. Um, but there is a sort of a creative process, and I love it. And I love the challenge. Um, when, when, when it gets, uh, when it's no longer challenging, I don't think I'll look forward to Monday. Um, but in the foreseeable future, I see it challenging. So just want to understand for everyone and for me, because mm-hmm. I really love understanding what drives other entrepreneurs and uh, difference makers. It's a challenge. So you cre- so challenge is inherent in your business, like a problem solving, right? It's creativity. Yeah, absolutely. So for us, the challenges could be physical, mm-hmm. the makeup of the building. Sometimes we get a 100-year-old building and sometimes we get a brand new construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, architects are a challenge because they're so creative right. that they want to design these beautiful structures that need to be protected. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to integrate, and, and I'm talking aesthetically, integrate our product into this beautiful facade that an architect had in mind. But the stakeholders require a certain level of security depending upon who it is. So it could be, let's say, a hospital. And so we really got to get some high security in there, right? We don't want people walking out with children. Right. Or it could be a real estate office. And they're quite simple. They just need the door open at a certain time. So the different needs require different solutions. And uh, that's what we do. We provide custom solutions. Wow. I love it. I I think I can spend a lot of time learning from you. (laughs) And it will be an honor. It will be an honor. Um, Ricardo, would you mind sharing with us about your mentors and the imprint or that have left in your heart and your mind what kind of things that stood out? Yeah, there's, you know, it's funny. Mentors uh, come in all shapes and sizes, right? And sometimes people think it's like this old guy with a beard and a, and a, and a, and a cane and, and he's trying to show you the way, right? Show you the, the ways of the force. Uh, <laughs> right. But mentors, uh, you know, like I said, they come in all shapes and sizes. And I think, honestly, my, my number one mentor was my dad. Although he died when I was 13, he knew he was dying, so he'd give us these life lessons. It was always, it was very weird. He'd sit with us and he'd say, okay, in this scenario, here's what you're going to do. And he would literally lay out uh, what we're to do. And one of the things he said is, when you get your first job, if your job is a cashier, the minute your boss tells you go clean the bathroom, that better be the cleanest bathroom he's ever seen. Don't ever let me hear, that's not in my job description. And this was back in the 70s, right? Late 70s, early 80s. Um, and he told us, you're, when you work for a company, what they ask you to do is what you're to do. That's why they pay you. And he said things like, you don't get promoted for showing up. You get paid for showing up. You get promoted for going above and beyond, mm-hmm. right? Always shine your shoes. He says, your outfit can be from Woolworth. You may not know this story. This was years ago. <laughs> I, I recognize. Uh, I'm not sure they have a very 
good presence in the market right now? None. Actually, they're gone. Yeah. They're gone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He said, your your outfit can be from Woolworth, but as long as it's ironed and put together and your shoes are shiny, you're going to make an impression. So to this day, I mean, I have shiny shoes all the time. Um, And I always have... My shoes are much more expensive than my wardrobe. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so those things lay this groundwork. And then one of the first jobs I had was at a gas station in New York City. I worked on 44th and 10th Avenue. Gas station was called Hess. Great company. Hess in, from Pennsylvania. And they had Hess trucks. Correct. Hess, right? Is that, yes, uh-huh. that's the same Hess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I worked for them for four years. And I had a mentor there. His name was Anthony Benedello. We still very loose contact, but I still keep in contact. Mm-hmm. With him, and he taught me things like showing up on time, you're 15 minutes late. Right? On time. Yeah, he <laughs> said showing up on time is 15 minutes late. Wow. First impressions last. Mm-hmm. Things like that go the, extra, go the extra mile. And, you know, we were in a meeting the other day, billion-dollar multinational company. Mm-hmm. We had just finished a project in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the manager of the facility says, Hey, guys, Ricardo, I want to commend your employees because the electrical closets were cleaner when your guys left than when they arrived. Wow. And so I know that I've been instilling that into my employees, to my associates, my partners uh, in work. And it's something we demand. We demand excellence. And I think that those those two right there laid a lot of groundwork for the excellence that um, I think I now display. So would you mind talking to us about the importance of mentorship for young adults, men, women? Like how important that is to find that guidance that because, you know, when you're growing up, right, the hormones and things are happening and you're like, oh, my God, I don't know what should I pay attention to. Like what can you talk about mentorship for the younger generations and um, what what's important for mentors and mentees? Yeah, that's a really great question because I think that the mentor-mentee relationship is incredibly important. Uh, I recently heard the job is on the mentee to make sure he gets out of the mentor what he needs. Mm. It's very important to understand the relationship. Sometimes it's symbiotic, right? Like sometimes we can, you and I can just, I can learn so much from you. Right. I've heard some rumors about your ability to speak in public and I was fascinated. Right. So things like that. Uh, uh, But I think, you know, uh, you read the Bible. You know, I'm a a man of faith. Right. Love the Lord. I am, too. Awesome. So you read the Bible and you see Jesus with the disciples and what he was doing was mentoring them. Mm -hmm. Right. And he grabbed some rough dudes who were fishermen and they didn't know anything about serving people. Right. Mm -hmm. They just worked every day. Uh, They worked hard and he took them and he said, no, you're going to serve people. And for the next three years, he taught them how to serve others. And sometimes he had to be mean with them, right? Like, get thee behind me, Satan. (laughs) And other times he was gentle with them. And other times he said, hey, how long are you going to be with me? And you're not going to get this through your thick skull. And I think that relationship uh, can be modeled even now in business, right? Mm -hmm. But it's up to the mentee to not leave, right? And they stood with him three years through starvation, through hunger, through homelessness, through doubt, through fears, but they stayed with him. And so a mentee needs to know, hey, if I've got to get something out of this relationship, sometimes I'm going to go through hard times. 
The relationship can last 10 minutes. It can be one conversation or it can be a three or a four year relationship. So um, I think it's important for the mentee to work hard to make sure they're getting the most out of the relationship. So not to be like a daisical, mm -hmm. uh, but rather intentional and true, like have a goal. Is it like what? Like yeah. I, if I'm a mentee right now, listening, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm thinking about approaching somebody at work or maybe at a church or maybe the community, like what is my responsibility? Like I need specific things, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, no, that's a great question. question. Yeah. So I think being on time. If your mentor says to you, hey, I need you to meet at 10 a.m., you need to be there at 9.45 okay. to make sure he's not sitting around. Or she. Or she. You're right, and I apologize. Uh, um, <laughs> you threw me off with that one. I have two daughters, so, yeah, she is great. <laughs> uh, very important. So uh, their time is precious. I, I heard a podcast the other day that the gentleman asked to speak with the mentor. He said, I just need to pick your brain. And the mentor said, 10.30 at night in the middle of, uh, of the school which I founded mm. over in, uh, I think it was uh, University of Michigan. Okay. He said, 10.30 at night. So the, the young man arrived at quarter to 10 just to be there to make sure he didn't miss the mentor. So I think you got to understand their time is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. If you need to glean off of them, these are important people typically. And so their time is important. You know, even today, I was running a little late. And, I, and, you know, 45 minutes before, I said, hey, I may be 10 minutes late. And it's something you do, right? It's out of respect for the person, respect for their time. I think that's uh, – we lack that um, nowadays. Makes me sad. Makes me sad, right? I mean, it does. It, it Honestly, it really does. Um, do you think it's a lack of respect um, that we experience now? Do you think we um, – maybe driven by things that don't matter mm -hmm. a lot in the long term in our lives. Uh, are we just loose, loose with, with some principles? I mean, what, what, and, and I'm not, I don't want to go too, too heavy into this, yeah. but I want to hear you. I want to hear you. I want to, I want to hear what you see and mm. things that. Yeah. I honestly feel there's such a selfishness that I see all around me. I see it uh, sometimes, not maybe not my employees, but I see other employees or I hear conversations. I hear young people. I'm a youth group leader in my church, and I hear young people speaking, and they say the craziest things. Like, like I just said, I should get promoted because I show up every day on time and I do my job. And in my opinion, I give you a paycheck for showing up on time and doing your job. I don't owe you a promotion. Uh, it's things like that. It's uh, this need to constantly be fulfilled or filled with something, right? Oh, I'm not working on something creative. It's boring. I'm doing this. And sometimes the mundane tasks are exactly what's needed to get a job done and to get a job done well. And I don't think that there's that much attention to detail anymore. And so... In my opinion, this selfishness, it transcends, you know, areas. I see it I see it kids in church, you know, where the pastor says to the kid in church, kid says, I want to be in ministry. The pastor says, great, change the letters on the sign every Wednesday. And he couldn't do it. He didn't think it was important enough. Meanwhile, the pastor of the church is changing the, sign, the letters on the sign every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. 
you know. So it, I, I see it a lot, and it's quite sad to me. Well, I hope there's some hope, and we'll discover some hope in this conversation. I hope. Yeah, hope absolutely. There's tons um, of hope. Yes. Right. So, yeah. I, I, you know, it's. I like to be positive as sure. much as I can. Sure. You know, positive and, and I think being positive, in not just being positive, but seeing positivity. In yourself, in others, in the future, I think it's a courage. Like it's like okay, you see, like and you see everything's going to uh, stuff you don't want to talk about, but you see, yeah, you see hope, and I think it takes act of courage, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, it's it, it, it's a rare occasion where you will find me without hope. I am extremely positive, even when I'm. Inundated with work and deadlines and things to do, and people calling me—it doesn't matter. Uh, life is great. We live in a great country. We live in. A, I mean, this the uh, opportunity for business yeah. is unlike anywhere I have seen. I mean, you have access to the most diverse people, the best of the best. I feel from the entire planet. I one hundred percent agree. Mean, yeah. Where else do you get this? And, and you know, I came to Lakeland, this little town in the middle of nowhere, and I fell in love. And I am so excited about this town and the future and the impact that I'm going to have on this town. I, I get really excited and really energized. So it's, it's hard to find me on a down day. Yeah. Ricardo, I, I have this question for you. What is your biggest failure? Yeah, so my biggest failure in business was uh, my my second business, we focused 100% on the housing market. And we recognized the trends back in 2001, 2002. We saw that the market was flying, mm. and we went after it. And I had one vertical, new construction, new residential construction. And literally uh, overnight... We went from having 800 houses under contract to having 40 across four states. Um, it almost, at one point, I learned the law of diminishing returns by looking at my books and seeing it was more expensive to fulfill a contract than it was to just walk away and hopefully they wouldn't try to sue me. It was awful. Uh, that was my biggest business failure. We, we didn't go under by an act of God. <laughs> uh, I partnered with another company who then brought me on to work for them. Uh, they took over the existing contracts that I had. Uh, so I got by, uh, literally, by the skin of my teeth uh, and was able to stay afloat. And then I knew something was wrong. I decided in, in I read an article that said uh, the best place for employment during a recession is education. So I went to Rutgers University, and I started to work with them, doing what I do, but for them. In your business? Yeah. No, so it was, it was a job. I was employed okay. by them. Okay. It was a union position. I was employed with them, doing what I do, except just for them. That's how big their campus is that they have. Rutgers is huge. Rutgers yeah. is tremendous, yeah. And it's well-respected um, yeah. in New Jersey and outside of New Jersey. Well, I got my MBA from them, Yeah. and they paid for it. Uh, so it was a great time for me. Uh, met some great people, still have relationships with them. And and, and I, it's so funny. I used to sit in class and they'd talk about things like diminishing returns. They'd talk about things like factoring, strategy. 
And I was able to excel. And these are really smart kids. They weren't kids. It was executive MBA. Yes, so these yes. were executives from all walks of life. And here's this kid, you know, from inner city New York, right? Didn't have like a pedigree background. And I'm able to stand uh, and sometimes excel among them because of the experience I had, you know, boots on the ground in business and running my own business. It was a fantastic experience. I love it. Um, as I'm listening to you, Ricardo, would you look back and just tease some of the things you can think on the top of your head that contributed to your success now that we can look yeah. into? So I attended the School of Hard Knocks, right? I had no college degree when I first started my business, uh, none. I went to a year and a half of college, and then I went on Wall Street. And I learned by doing. I learned by failing, right? When I was, when I was on paper rich, but I had no cash, I learned the importance of cash flow, right? Uh, no book needed to teach me that, right? I, I had uh, 150000 in accounts receivable, 20 bucks in the bank, and a landlord who wanted their rent and vendors who needed their payment. So I learned, you know, why cash flow is so important, why cash is king, why turnaround time on an invoice is incredibly important, right? Mm -hmm. When you want to get paid as soon as possible, why billing? Billing somebody is so important. Mm -hmm. I learned all that from doing it. Uh, negotiation, being able to negotiate. I'll never forget the first builder took me for a fool. He said, hey, give me the lowest price on this house, and I will give you 100 houses to do. But I want the lowest price. So you give him the lowest price, and he doesn't give you any more contracts, right? So the next time a builder came and said that, I said, I'll tell you what. Give me 99 houses, and number 100 is free, and I'll put it in writing. And I never had a builder agree to that. They, but from that day on, they always paid full price for their model home. I never discounted anything. Well, there were other guys running around doing things for free for builders. And then what they learned is the builder would never use them again. For me, I wouldn't do the first one for free, and then he'd give me 99 contract. And it would work. Mm. I think that's tremendous, um, tre tremendous strategy for any industry. Sure. Right? So know your worth. Yeah. Know the results that you deliver for your clients and how you deliver them. Is that right? I 100% I agree. And the other thing I say, in spite of business school teaching you to plan, and I'm all for, you know, those who don't plan, uh, fail. No, those who fail. Plan, right, whatever that they, they, phrase is, right? Plan, I'm all for fail. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm all for that. I'm all for, you know, doing business plans and for doing pro formas. I think it's great. But I'm also a huge proponent of ready, fire, aim. Right. You want to do something. You want to go build a business. Go do it. Go start it. Stop sitting at home. As uh, as our good friend uh, uh, Zig Ziglar says, the yeah. paralysis of analysis. Mm -hmm. Stop thinking about it. Stop drawing on 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 paper. I mean, I draw on paper all the time. I get, my meeting places are diners and I draw, you know, quick business plans on a napkin mm -hmm. and then I go do it. Right. It's stop wasting your time. Go do it. You want to do something? Go do it. You want to start a catering company? Go do it. Look at Benjamin Vickers. You know him. Well, he was a, a guest at awesome. this, at this, at this uh, podcast. and I, he, It was tremendous. 
Tremendous. This guy's from CIA, right? Culinary Institute of America. One of the, arguably right. one of the best yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, culinary schools out Absolutely. there. Yeah. And I met him, and he there's something very special about the work that he does. Sure. I feel. Sure. Go out there. Get in the farmer's market. Cook a couple of loaves of bread. See how it works. Nobody buys your bread? Do something else. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or go to a different farmer's market. Yeah, that's I don't right. know. That's right. That's right. And let's talk about... Uh, I have just a few more minutes to, in this. This is fascinating conversation. Fascinating. I'm learning so much. Uh, I learn. My listeners learn. Everyone benefits. And uh, you as well. Hopefully. Ricardo, could you talk to us um, about this place where we are now? Catapult. Catapult. What do you see in the future? Because I know you uh, have uh, an advisory role. Yes. Uh, and like just just some things people don't know what exist and what is coming and where they come from. Sure. Yeah. Ca- so Catapult is a phenomenal place for entrepreneurs. It's a place where you can come get some co-working space. Mm-hmm. Get some education, heavy-duty networking, meet people in the community, be exposed to very successful entrepreneurs who are just chomping at the bit to mentor you. They want to mentor you if if the person is looking for it. Mm -hmm. It's a great place to come and start your business. I started Dynamic Security of Florida down here in this basement. So what is Cap? Could you just tell us? I know we've talked about it um, yeah. in previous guests, but somebody's just listening to you right now, and yeah. they, they are so enthused by your energy and also by your generosity sure. uh, of giving advice, right? Yeah. Uh, tell us more. What is Catapult? So Catapult is a co-working space. Uh, or a, uh, You know, when I looked for it, I looked for what's called an incubator. A business incubator is the is the nomenclature that is used. And so when I got to Florida, I said, okay, where's a business incubator? And I found one in Tampa and I found Catapult. Mm -hmm. So that's what we are. We try to foster entrepreneurs and help them build their businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I started here at a table. I went to an office and I moved out. Um, And since then, I've moved three times just getting bigger and bigger office spaces. Yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been incredible for me. I've met incredible people in the community. Um, and now I do sit on the catapult advisory board. Um, and we meet to, to make decisions about, uh, which direction catapult is going in and what's best, uh, for the organization. So I'm very fortunate to be asked to sit on that board. I think this is an incredible success story. You are an incredible success story Thank you. Um, from this business. So I'm just, I'm just delighted to have you so let's let's um let's see if we can land this interview okay <laughs> ricardo what is next for you yeah that's a great question um you know i i have a certain number in my head for where i want to build dynamic security and then i'd like to sell the business um and i you know i've been thinking and praying a lot about what's next it could be ministry um I'm part of a very uh, great ministry team now out of my church, and we do uh, a lot of outreach in the community. We feed uh, people, and we help with uh, long-term housing solutions, and we try to mentor younger people. And um, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. So I can see myself doing that full time. Uh, maybe uh, I think I think that would be the the main thing. I don't. 
I don't know that there would be a career change in my future. So it's you're open to it? It's oh, totally. Yeah, sure. I mean, I do side projects with my brother, you know, investment opportunities that we have. We're constantly doing side things. Uh, I've, I've delved uh, into development. Uh, we want to develop uh, commercial uh, real estate here in town. I think it's a great opportunity for smaller. A lot of guys here in town are doing big stuff. Ruth Fins and Marco Bay and yeah. Blue Steel yeah. uh, and Aspire. They're doing huge and I'm looking at doing smaller, uh, smaller um, industrial solutions. So there are a lot of guys like me, right, who just starting out need 1,500 square feet. Try to find 1,500 square feet of warehouse here in Lakeland. It's not happening. Mm. Yeah, that's a niche market and, and uh, something I, I may want to do. I've also spoken uh, with people here in the Catapult community where we want to reach to the other side of Lakeland. There's another side of Lakeland that doesn't know Catapult exists. And uh, the demographic is different, right? Um, demographics, income, demographics, uh, racial. Uh, so, you know, the demographics are just different. And they don't know about Catapult. And I want to go to that side of the community. I want to say, hey, you can be an entrepreneur. You don't have to work for somebody all your life, right? And I want to give them those tools that were given to me. Shine your shoes. Yes. Pull your pants up. Mm-hmm. Right? Smile. Yes. Say good morning. Absolutely. On time is 15 minutes late. Yes. I love it. Really do. And Thank I'm, you. And I also feel inspired by your mission, Catapult's mission, and future. Yeah. Catapult 3.0 is fascinating. Catapult 3.0 is a new building that's currently being built three stories mm-hmm. on Lake Mirror, mm-hmm. uh, next to Aspire Properties, corporate offices, next to the joinery. It's going to be across the street from Summit Consulting. Mm, the new the project. New, yeah, the new project developed. that's yeah. coming up. Yeah. You're talking about a central location for entrepreneurs to start their businesses, have a visual presence, and be every single day energized by looking at other entrepreneurs work, working in arguably the most beautiful building in town. Yeah. You know what I call it? I call it the entrepreneurial mecca. It really is. Yeah, it's just a term that I thought It really about. is. I've got my guys working in there now. Um, right. Yeah, and the place is phenomenal. It looks great, yeah. It phenomenal. Looks, it looks great. So everyone, and I've been talking about Catapult for the last few episodes with several guests, and we'll be talking even more. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Ricardo. Thank you. What is the best way that people can reach you? Yeah, email is always the best. So it's going to be Ricardo. Re- oh, hello. Ricardo.Rivera mm-hmm. at DynamicSEC, DynamicSec.com. And I'll put this in the show notes when it's published so people can reach out to you and uh, work with you and perhaps uh, explore opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would look forward to that. Yeah. I was, I'm completely honored and delighted that you, um, we came together and we created this uh, talk. I yeah, thank you. I w- I'm flattered that you would even think I had anything to say. I really appreciate it. I love to connect. I love. To, I mean, essentially, this is a conversation with community members. Okay. That's what it's in it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that's great. I love connecting. I love learning. I love nurturing relationships. It's it's a big part of um, my identity as, awesome. a, as a human, so as a man. Thank you, everyone who listened, who joined us and invested this uh, time with us. 
I hope you find yourself in a beautiful state, and uh, I'll see you soon. Don't forget to speak brave.